This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's our Mark Messier episode, episode number 11. I'm Dan. When I first started broadcasting, I found it very difficult to say my name. I'd say Dan O'Toole, Dan O'Toole, Dan O'Toole. I'd always slur it. Getting better. Hi, I'm Dan O'Toole. So yeah, the Mark Messier episode, I realized when I wrote that down, I'm like, we should have been doing this from the beginning. We just had the Guy Lafleur. Oh man, that guy was a stud. A friend of mine, Rob Dunn, just sent me a Guy Lafleur hockey card. Out of the blue. What a gift. What a treasure. Uh, before that, we had the the Gordy Howe episode, and then the Alex Ovechkin, OV, Tim Horton at number seven. Timmy, wonder if he's happy with his with his franchise now. Well, he's passed, but looking down from the heavens. Now I have to preface this by saying, hey, I go to Tim Hortons. I've mentioned this. I love their steep tea. Their lattes, horse manure in a cup. We've gone over this. New Boston cream, hey, more cream. You raise the price, but you done good. It's a good donut now. But I have to ask, does anyone actually like Tim Horton's food? Say if you had 20 options, would you ever pick Tim Horton's food first? Or is it only consumed... Because you're near death and you need something that isn't coffee. It all tastes the same. I think we can admit this. Put a blindfold on me. Let me guess. Okay. Someone hands me something. Say it's a ham sandwich. Take the blindfold off. Nope, it's chili. Next one. Okay. They hand me a chicken wrap. Again, I've got a blindfold on. Wrong. That's chili. Why you keep giving me chili? Tim Hortons. We have chili. Remember they, remember they had hamburgers? This is true. For like a month, I believe they probably sold four of them. Tim Hortons had hamburgers. The rest of them, they're now chili. Tim Hortons. Keep saying, do an ad campaign. President of Tim Hortons. 
sits there and says, guess what? We effed up. We're starting over. Whole new menu. You're welcome. Uh, we start every episode uh, with corrections. Not, not really a correction, but an addition to last week's podcast. Because I said, we need, we need a name for people that speed up when you're about to pass them on the highway. And we got a name. I have to say, it's brilliant. This is from uh, T. Cockerline. Sent us an email. Person who speeds up as you try to pass them on the highway... A passhole. Brilliance. And then he added, they're done. We got a name. When that person is drag racing you down the highway, they're a passhole. So thank you, T. Guckerline, for that. I got my big glass of water here. My my Kitty Fogtown Lager glass. KDV, we've been there. We were there on the craft celebration tour in Newfoundland. Thanks for sending me this uh, Movember mug or glass. Trying to drink my two liters of water a day since January 1st. In the previous 15 years, I drank three cups of water total. So my water consumption for 2022 is through the roof. And they say, oh, your body will get used to it. It doesn't. All I do is pee. People around town now walking down the street, they say, oh, there's Peter P. I'm like, no, I'm Dan. I get to my mom's for breakfast on Sunday, have to run to the can, go to the grocery store. I have to find a washroom. You're rolling the dice because I do not go to gas station washrooms. We have all been there. My uh, my mom and aunt, my aunt, they came to see me in... Um, when I lived in L.A. and I said, let's go, let's take a trip to Vegas. Vegas for the weekend with the ladies and Dan. Night before the drive, I must have had some bad uh, El Polo Loco or something. Woke up, tum-tum, rum-lum. Rum-rum. Tum-tum, rum-rum. Hopped in the car. Uh, and I hate stopping for anything. I'm all about making good time. Once made it to Vegas, from L.A. to Vegas in three hours, 25 minutes. Try to beat that. You can't. But this trip, I had to stop because of the tum-tum rum-rum. Pulled off uh, at a Burger King. Didn't tell the reason. I said, ah, I just got to go pee, ladies. Couldn't hold it. was coming out. Pulled up to the home of the Whopper. And I ran to that, that washroom. I did not make it. So there in a Burger King washroom somewhere in the desert, throwing my underwear in the garbage. It was not a proud moment. But I was thankful those were not man-made undies. Because I would have cried. No gitch. Put the, put the pants back on. And we're back on our way to Vegas, baby! The storm had passed. Back in the car. An hour later, the bubble guts. They came back. And those bubble guts were more angry. They're like, you thought you were done with us, weren't you? Didn't you? This time, we are deep in the desert. And if you ever have made this drive, there is nothing. Finally see a gas station straight out of a horror movie. Two pumps, dust blowing. As I park in front, <laughs> at this point, I have divulged my problem with the other occupants in the car. 
My mom and my aunt Linda look at me and they say, are you really going in there? This is where I remind you, I only do number twos in two places, home or hotel. My body, well-trained machine. But when you have no other options, you got to go to the gas station bathroom. So I walk in. uh, (laughs) This place was last clean in Gordy Howe's rookie season. I pretend I'm browsing the goods for sale. Because I don't want to just run into the can. So I'm like, just out for a shopping excursion. Oh, Oh, yeah, I should hit the can before I get back on the road. So I asked the gentleman, uh, do you have a restroom, sir? I figure it's my last chance to go tinkle. The guy points to the back uh, it, it, to a storage closet slash washroom. I opened that door and what greeted me was something they wouldn't even put on Fear Factor. Dirty mop bucket with 15-year-old mop water with the mop lean against the toilet that was held in place by caked on urine. And no toilet seat. And no toilet seat. Leg leg day don't fail me now. So I uh, went into a squat. Did what I needed to do. And uh, go to flush. Uh, not even a hint of that toilet working. And all I can think of, my life flashing before my eyes is poor Cletus. Cletus doesn't deserve this. He doesn't deserve to die this way. He just showed up at work at the gas station and now he's got to deal with my mess. But uh, we'll, we'll never see each other again. So I casually walk out of storage room slash washroom. I browse a little more because I don't want to just run out of there. Really checked out that jerky section. So I wait, wait, make my way to the door. I'm like, oh, I forgot something in the car. I did the Irish exit for the gas station. I think I was putting too much thought in my exit because he's probably encountered people in similar situations as I was in. But it was like the Ikea commercial. <laughs> I come running out, start the car, start the car. I get in and gun it. Like it looked like I had robbed the place. Young Cletus. If you're listening, imagine him walking back there and saying, you son of what if he probably just went home? He wasn't being paid enough. So, yeah, whenever I think of my predicament now with all my water, I think back of that incident and then got to Vegas. Greatest shower of my life. And I burned those clothes. I taught my mom and my Aunt Linda how to play craps on that trip. My mom picks up the dice. I'm like, yeah, you give them a roll. First timers, they always do great. She, Roy, Roy Halliday's the dice across the casino. They still haven't found the dice. At one point, I'm rolling. Yeah, I'm really showing them a great time in Vegas. Come watch me play craps. We did other things, don't worry. At one point, I'm rolling in the... My mom and my aunt are standing behind the people working the craps table. They're in the pit. Security comes over and they're like, ladies, what the f*** are you doing? They are now banned from Vegas. No longer allowed. Pictures at every casino door. Aunt Linda, my mom. 
at one point we got in a cab and I'm in, I'm in the front. My mom and my aunt Linda are in the back and they're sitting beside each other, like pushed against the door. And I'm like, what is going on back there? So we finally get to where we're going. And I'm like, why didn't you spread out a little, give yourself some space? They're like, Oh, the other side of the car was full of vomit. <laughs> Maybe let the cab driver know. Ah, the old cab puke. Again, they don't deserve that. Cleaning that. How do you even clean? Oh, God, just gagging, thinking. I gag if I enter a porta potty. You know, I'm just going in there, Pete. I gag instantly, knowing what's what's down there sorry for being graphic but uh, i had to get those visuals off my mind because they were circling through my brain uh, we had the trade deadline day on monday uh yeah it was interesting we have our trade deadline insider here with us we'll get to him in a second um, I just want to remind you, for Canadian best friends quit their finance careers to build a self-care brand for men, it is manmadebrand.com. Here's their packaging. Brilliant, simple, easy. Their staple products, the boxer brief made from premium model fabric, plant-based fibers derived from beech trees. They thought of everything. Breathability, absorption, comfort, man sack pouch for the boys and the chafe-free design. Z-Money? Yes, of course he's wearing them. Of course he is, because once you put them on, you won't take them off. Manmadebrand.com. You'll never wear anything else. They change my life for the good. Uh, Speaking of trade deadline, I said last week, the sports networks in Canada, if there's any left, there are apparently, they should do full coverage of NHL trade deadline day and call it deadline day. Or like trade center or something. What happens? I said it. They did it. Bumsies. Whatever's said on this podcast comes true in real life. So, and uh, network executives, you're welcome for that suggestion. Okay, let's get a recap from our NF, NFL, NHL insider, producer Tim. Okay, get Tim in here. I don't think he's been heard from on this podcast before. So let's see how this goes. Uh, first question Did the Toronto Maple Leafs get a goalie? No. No. Okay. Did anything else happen on trade deadline day? No. No. Okay. Do you like Tim Horton's food? No. Oh, shocking revelation from producer Tim. And that has been your NHL trade deadline recap. Lisa. Stop it, the puck. Oh, well. I went to see my buddy Ryan Shepard in DLMT performing Toronto, baby. I said last week I was never leaving this house again. I did. I text Ryan um, before the show. I'm like, oh, what time are you on tonight? He said midnight. I said, can you make it nine? He laughed. I wasn't joking. He did not change. He did not change the time in which he was going on. Anyway, it was great to be out among people. So many nice people at these events. Just a good vibe. People dancing. I'm doing my my old my old guy dancing. 
try. I'm like, I'm trying here, folks. They look at me with pity. I was not the oldest man there. I, uh, I saw two other gentlemen that were older than me. So I was the young guy, the young basic dad. Uh, shout out to AJ. I had a great chat with this guy. It's so strange now. Gone are people, usually people when I'd see them, they're like, where's Jay? Or aren't you supposed to be working? Now, people come up and we have conversations. It's it's weird. So the EDM crowd, big Boomsies fans. We did not get a Boomsies remix during the show, though. Shout out to Super Point Pizza Place in Toronto. Went there pre-show with my buddy Chris. And I've given my opinion on pizza before. And don't come at me. But pizza is the world's most overrated food. I have it maybe four times a year. And yes, I had, it was great pizza at this place. Amazing. But now I'm good for six months. I don't need to see pizza. I don't need to hear about pizza. It's convenient. It's quick food. Tim Hortons. Get some pizza. Tim Hortons pizza tastes like chili. If I'm at a restaurant and pizza's on the menu, that is my last choice. Pork chop on that menu? Oh, I'm getting that. If a pork chop is on a restaurant's menu, they have perfected that pork chop. The way you love pizza, I love pork chops. I'm glad we had this chat. Oh, now I feel like pork chops. Great. Got pork chop on my brain. Boomsies, newsies. Okay, NHL trade deadline recap. Uh, we already did that. We uh, we went through that. Major League Baseball moves. Uh, we just had breaking news on this podcast. Matt Chapman, Jay Sinem, two-year extension, $25 million. Lock him up. We're going to talk to our guest this week, former Major Leaguer, now MLB Network host, well, he hosts a show on MLB Network, and Texas Rangers broadcaster, C.J. Netkowski. His hat, his game-used Detroit Tigers hat is on the set. Atlanta traded uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts. Matty Ice, gone. Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. Oh, this is an interesting headline for this one. Urban Meyer is a jerk and sucks at football. Don't know if you saw the athletics article on Urban Meyer in his time with Jacksonville. Uh, he did not do well there. At one point, uh, he asked about Aaron Donald, who is arguably the best player in the NFL. He said, quote, who's this 99 guy on the Rams? So essentially, all of us can coach in the NFL. That's what, that's what I'd be like if I was coaching against the Oilers in the heyday. Who's this 99 guy? Who's supposed to be? We have a game plan for this guy? Wayne Gazetsky? Never heard of him. Non-sports news. Maury 
is canceled after 30 seasons. Hey, you know, he's still on. Maury, what a career. So uh, pour one out to Maury. Christine Ricci's returning to the Adams Family, a new Netflix show. I have no uh, opinion on that. I never watched any of the Adams Family. I don't think I'll watch this. I did watch something on Netflix, though, over the weekend. Bad Vegan. Whoa. One of those tales of a person keeps giving a man copious amounts of money, not asking what he's doing with the money, but keeps giving the money. It was kind of like the Tinder swindler, but two different people. I wish people just gave me money and didn't ask about it. Tim? I think he cut his mic off. Tim's mic's done. And that's all our boomsies newsies. See, we don't waste your time. We get right to it. Time to find the email. Man-made for boomsies. Email us. I always forget to give the email address. Email us at yeah, let's talk at gmail.com. That's YA. Yeah, let's talk at gmail.com. Manmadebrand.com. All the products are made with zero synthetic polyester. Polyester is a derivative of plastic. Ugh. Disgusting. Also, Tim Horton's. Tagline for their chili. Quality essentials men made without the one. No. Quality essentials made. No. Why can't I didn't bring my glasses? Uh, Let me try that again. Take three. Quality essentials men need without the BS. I believe I have a form of dyslexia. And we're seeing it in real time on this podcast. You also get the man-made concierge service, a text message service you can get customer service with and restock any of your man-made products once you realize how they changed your essentials game. A text messaging service for your underwear. Bumsies! Manmadebrand.com. Got a lot of great feedback. We'll get to, get to a few of them here. Hello from Cowtown. Loving the podcast. Glad to have you back on the airwaves, especially here in Canada. Three-parter here. Okay. I notice on the YouTube version of the pod, your front-facing vinyl record in the background is ever-changing. First question, is this on purpose? Darn tootin' it is. This week, we have Kim Mitchell. Kim Mitchell on display this week. Number two, do you actually use that term table setup? It is a working turntable. We, uh, when we're uh, goofing around in the basement here, we put on records, correct. And number three, what is the best and worst record you own? I'm glad you asked. One of my favorites, the Annie soundtrack, original Annie soundtrack. Dumb dog, why are you following me? Classic. Beatles, Abbey Road, put this baby on repeat. And the two worst records, there is no doubt in my mind, original mini pops. Got that one and that one. If you're ever torturing someone, put on these albums. The Mini Pops. 
can we uh, get a check on the, these kids now? What did this one have on here? Oh, they sing heaven is a place on earth. Oh, I think we're alone now. I heard a rumor. Not good. And the other one has uh, some hits on there. Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> they sing Eye of the Tiger. They sing Ebony and Ivory. I Love Rock and Roll. And Satisfaction. Betty Davis Eyes. You know this album's old. Yeah, we'll really reel the kids in if we sing Betty Davis Eyes. And Yellow Submarine is on this. Oh, boy. Get this. Oh, oh crap. Sorry. You can take those home, Z-Money. And give, we'll give us your recap next week. Hi, Dan. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I know you're a latte man, but for those watching their cows or intolerance of lactose, I thought we'd share my maple syrup coffee recipe. It's a double espresso with some maple syrup and hot water, very similar to an Americano. But since it's a double espresso and has maple syrup, I call it a Canadiano. Nice work. That's uh, from Sean in Winnipeg. Thanks for that suggestion. Again, one of these emails will be the email of the week. Hey, Dan, what a fantastic show. Don Lake was a blast. Don Lake was our guest last week. You guys gelled. I had you on while driving home. Don't remember the drive. Great show. Carl in Ottawa. You ever have those drives where you you get to your destination? You're like, I don't remember getting here. Not a good thing, but maybe it is. As long as you're paying attention to the road. Uh, dear Dan, just listen to Boomsies with your guest, Don Lake. Great interview. And Don sounds amazing. And like you said, just another great human. He is. Took me a while to figure out who Don is. But when you started talking about Space Force, OMG, Don is absolutely hilarious with Steve Carell and John Malkovich. I'm rationing my viewing to enjoy the ride. Chalk up another great episode of Boomsies. P.S. I see I wasn't alone in suggesting an O'Toole initiative in documenting your adventures. I know you don't write. Cheers, Stephen. I never ration my shows. Give it all to me. Right now. If it's there, I'll watch it. Just like Bad Vegan. Hey, Toolsley, this morning I saw the new Canadian Tire commercial celebrating 100 years in business. The soundtrack is a cover version of A Head by a Century by The Hip, which was very well done. Since becoming a fan of the Boomsies podcast, somehow I always think your episode one story whenever I watch a Canadian Tire commercial. Thank you. With all the mentions, Canadian Tire should sign you to an endorsement contract or the makers of Kleenex. Yes, I get a runny nose. On another topic, hope that ticket sales for Poopa Palooza 2022 with your engineless car are going well. LOL. All kidding aside, I want to thank you for the weekly laughs and joy you bring to the Boomsies podcast. Thank you. So Canadian Tire and Kleenex, you're welcome aboard the Boomsies train. This one's a, an interesting one. I think we might have a winner here with this next email for the Boomsies email of the week. I'm sending this submissive as a challenge from my significant other to you as she, my so, my so, says this is a total waste of precious time. I, oh, so, significant other. I, of course, vehemently disagree with this opinion and accept the challenge. 
if this is passed on to you from your adjunct, then at least one person considers this worth perusal. I read these emails. No one else gets them. I have won the challenge. Ever parsed for your understanding, I feel the term boomsies is not descriptive enough of the event or thought. So I would like to add to this, which my exalted opinion, man, this guy went through a source or a dictionary to write this. He's really trying to F me up. Is a crucial element to your broadcast. The origin is important to the boomsies, so this must be considered appropriately. To wit, the following. Okay. So he wants a Canadian boomsies. A boom A is a Canadian boomsies. An American boomsies is a da boom. A British boomsies. I say boom. A French boomsies. La boom. Mm, I like that. A German boomsies. Da boom. Da boom. And a Spanish boomsies. Si boom. Well, buddy, Brian, I think you did it. Because I believe I'll start using si boom and la boom. I'm sure that uh, there are more, but you get the drift. I think he meant gist or drift. Ah, you got the drift of it. Must go as I'm getting dagger looks and snarky remarks from my significant other, my SO. If this got to the end, I appreciate you spending time on this more than my SO. Be well, my friend. Brian Mills. Brian, you got some undies coming your way from manmadebrand.com. Good job. Uh, how are we for time? Okay. So I can finally get to this one I didn't get to last week. Uh, this is from Ryan Faith. Hi, Dan. I just listened to the pod where you said you haven't had a hot dog in years because of eating them every day while on a road trip. Oh, boy, do I have a story for you. Sit back. Relax. Because it's a long one. In 2010, a group of buddies and I went on a camping trip in Manitoba. We all had a list of things to bring, and one friend decided he would be in charge of the food. Well, he wasn't the most prepared guy, and in the hours before departing, he decided it was probably time to go grab the food. Yeah, that's probably not good planning. We arrived late in the afternoon to our site, and it was almost supper time. Our friend pulled out what he grabbed to feed us for the next three days, 96 nuggets. It gets worse. The day we arrived, it was pouring rain and someone unpacked the barbecue and left it on the ground. So this thing was soaked. There was no lighting it. It continued to rain for the rest of the trip. So six guys ate nothing but raw chicken byproduct dogs for the next three days. Let's just say the windows were rolled down the drive back home. Never had hot dogs again. Boomsies, Ryan Faye. I have some questions and comments about this. Ah, I said he got chicken nuggets. He got chicken byproduct dogs. How did I miss that? I missed a, I print them on the wrong way. Okay, chicken hot dogs. Ah, okay. So sorry, Ryan, I really messed it up. So raw chicken hot dogs for an entire camping trip in the rain. That's why I don't go camping. I have a home in which I'm warm and dry in. 
why go outside and risk not being warm and dry? RV, all the way, baby. Okay, CJ, I can see uh, he's dialed up here on the Zoom. Uh, he's uh, a friend of the J&N podcast. He's uh, a friend of mine in life. The lefty played 10 years in the majors. He played for the uh, Tigers, the Rangers, the Mets, the Braves, the Nationals, the Reds, the Yankees, and the Astros. So I think it's very clear what our first question to CJ Nikowski will be. And there is CJ Nikowski. So CJ, I just listed those teams that you played for. At any point, were you ever close to coming to the Toronto Blue Jays? Uh, not as a player, shockingly. Um, no, but almost as a broadcaster. Did I ever tell you that story? No, you didn't tell us. So prior to going uh, to FS1, which is obviously where we first met, I auditioned in January of 14, ended up getting that job and working on uh, MLB Whip Around, a bunch of other shows, whatever it was on FS1. But prior to that, I'd gotten a call from the Toronto Blue Jays about their radio job, which had opened up. And the interviews went pretty deep. And we got really close. And, I, you know, I, I hate people that say, oh, I, I could have had this job. I feel like I could have had it. Felt like it was, you know, it was right there. And I was stuck between taking the Toronto Blue Jays radio job or going to FS1 uh, and, you know, having that opportunity nationally in studio and doing games. It was, it was a tough call for me because I knew that the radio probably would be a little bit more consistent. Um, but ultimately I ended up turning it down. And uh, otherwise you and I wouldn't even be having this conversation. We would, but in a different context. Maybe. That's right. I would not have a CJ Nikowski game used Tigers hat still in my That's studio. Right. How does that thing smell in these days? It smells like the basement. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So it's taken over with the smell of my dirty head. <laughs> that's, that, what did that say underneath? Did that say 1995 or 96 underneath? So that, that hat uh, is. It says 95 road. All right. So that was, yeah, because that was the road. I don't think they do the orange bill anymore. Um, so how's our math? What's that? 27 years old, that hat? It's, it's uh, stood the test of time. <clears throat> How many hats do you have from your playing career? Excuse me. <clears throat> Ton. I'm looking at, as I look up, I have this little locker in my room, uh, my office, and I'm looking at probably 10 and there is a suitcase full in the basement as well that you think that you think that hat potentially smells. You should smell that suitcase. It's disgusting. Uh, see, I thought we got a very rare item, but there's a suitcase full of these. Well, but remember, no, no, not of those. That's game used. Game yeah, used. You, have the, you have the only road hat from 1995, for sure. Yeah. There was only one of those that existed. Wait, but you remember, only got one a year? No, that, I only spent a half a year there. I probably had a batting practice hat and a game hat. That's a game on it, right? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. But there's a suitcase full of uh, every hat I could possibly think of from uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, all the way to the uh, Toros uh, in winter ball. That, so that takes you from 1994 to 2013. There's a lot of hats. Okay. There's a lot of hats. Okay, let's dive into some questions here. Um, uh, the first one I got to ask, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Is he going to be the best hitter in Major League Baseball history? CJ Nickhouse, your answer. <laughs> history is a little strong. I thought you were going to say Major League Baseball this year, and you're going to make it easy um, for me. He seems like he is definitely on his way uh, to being one of the best in the game. What a year last year it was. And more importantly, I think if you're a Jays fan, for me, it was kind of just a, a really nice story. 
remember he was kind of going along a little bit, all the hype, and, and he was okay. He was hanging in there, but he wasn't a superstar. And to listen to him talk about some of the envy that he saw from other players around the league, like Fernando Tatis Jr., like Juan Soto, seeing the work that they put in, seeing the shape that they were in, to see that a 21 years old bother him and make changes, I thought was really, really impressive. I think that tells you a lot about the person as much as it does uh, the player. And then he puts up the monster season. And so now the expectations are what you did in 21 uh, that we want to see that all the time. That's probably unfair. Lead all the major league baseball and home runs year in and year out. But there's no doubt that this guy is going to be a stud. He's going to put up a, a huge career and legitimately, you know, this kind of pace is Hall of Fame pace. Uh, but again, probably unfair to ask him to keep it up. But he's so young. He's going into his yeah. age 23 season. Uh, how about his team, the Toronto Blue Jays? They're Man. going to the World Series, correct? They definitely have a chance. They're 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 right there is one of the best teams on paper in baseball. And we have oh, that conversation wow. all absolutely. I mean, look at this lineup. This lineup is absurd to go along with good pitching, right? They did a great job. They were a good team last year. A couple of years ago, they got a taste of the postseason, right? It's a hungry team that kind of gets an idea on how to win and what it feels like. And not that they need to be extra hungry, but I thought having that many teams go to the postseason in 2020 was really beneficial for teams like this, like the Blue Jays in this situation right now because they're ready to go they've had a little bit of a taste they got guys that have been there before uh, and now they bring in matt chapman to add to an already really deep uh, lineup i mean they have hitters for days they can play a little platoon if they want to because they don't have a lot of lefties in the lineup right Vigio's the only guy projected to be left-handed but that stuff is overrated man the idea of a balanced lineup it's nice if you can have it but you still want the best players that you can get and they've done it but i think the separator for them is their pitching i mean that starting rotation uh, to lock in jose barrios uh, this past offseason was a great trade, but to lock him up long term, bring in Kevin Gosman. You guys know what you got uh, in Ryu. Alec Benoa seems like the real deal. He's a lot of fun to watch as well. Um, he's still young, doesn't have a ton of service time, but I thought he looked really good last year. And then you say Kikuchi to be your fifth starter. Now, so you want to be a little bit deeper in case you have injuries, but I think it's actually the starting pitching uh, that's going to separate this club and give them the best chance long term because they're going to slug all year long. So you've seen Kikuchi because he was with the Mariners. So you've seen him pitch and you've seen Chapman play more than mm -hmm. most would. So give us a scattering report on Chapman because uh, it kind of has like uh, shades of Josh Donaldson arriving in Toronto. He definitely has that personality. Uh, they'll love it. You know, obviously, I think the guys in Oakland, you watch the Oakland A's over the years. And I mean, these recent years, it's always been a little bit of an edge to that group. Right. Something about playing in that ballpark and everything else that goes along with being an A and knowing you're not going to be there long if you're good um, and they're not going to add big free agents and spend a lot of money. Uh, I think just kind of shapes those players a little bit. Matt Chapman is definitely one of those guys. Wasn't a great year for him last year. Really, the last two years weren't great. Um, but he doesn't have to be a superstar in that lineup. Like he can do what he does best, which is play unbelievable defense over at third base. Watching him and Matt Olson those years on the corners, winning gold gloves and just absolutely crushing it defensively. It might not be the sexiest thing, um, but it's really, really important, especially in that position. So you get that added benefit to go along with the power bat that, again, is not going to be asked to be the man. Like he had a hit in the middle of that lineup in Oakland. And if he didn't produce, they were in trouble. And eventually they slid him down. At one point he was hitting eighth. Um, in the lineup. Uh, I think a lot of the pressure will be taken off of him. You know, he did turn down uh, a contract. I know Ken Rosenthal had wrote about that a little bit uh, over the past week or so. And you always wonder if that kind of hangs over a guy. Um, he had a 10-year, $150 million offer thrown at him from the A's. They never do that kind of thing. And he said no to it. You wonder what that does to you mentally when you start playing bad and the regret. I think he can put all of it behind him. And I think uh, Jays fans are going to be really, really happy. Well, Jays fans are really happy because they can go see games this year. This is the yeah. first time since the pandemic started that there's not going to be 
the tenants restrictions. They don't even have to contemplate playing in Buffalo. Oh. They get to play the entire home schedule at home. And such great fans too. Right. And you know, it's unfortunate. I feel a little bit bad uh, for the blue Jays because they open up with the Texas Rangers at home. I will be there by the way, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we're uh, coming do I get in. to so, go to batting practice? So uh, I don't know. I, I haven't been to a ballpark in two years either <laughs> outside of calling games at home. So as soon as I find out what availability I have, I will let you know. I have to, uh, I got to make some phone calls and see if I'm, uh, I still get uh, access to those passes. Probably not opening day, but we'll see what we can do um, the rest of the way. But yeah, I, quick I joke- story, let, let me yeah, relay because uh, you were here. This was just before, actually, this would have been like 2018 or 2017. You said you were coming to town with the Rangers and there was uh, a batting practice we could attend. So I brought my daughters down and then, uh, these people next to me, they're nudging us during batting practice because I've never been on field for it. They're like, get a ball, get it signed. I'm like, I don't want to get kicked out of here. And then someone gave us a ball and Joey Gallo came over. He was the nicest. He signed that we still have signed Joey Gallo baseballs uh, in our uh, living room. He's no longer a Texas Ranger. He is not, but you get to see him more often because he's a New York Yankee. Uh, that's right. when that, and that seemed like a little bit uh, of not a great fit necessarily last year for him. Joey's a, a very different player in the sense that he hits a ton of bombs. He strikes out a lot, but he'll get on base. But the batting average is always going to be low. And I don't know if you've ever heard this or not, uh, but in New York, they can be especially critical. Even if you're a decent player, they have a tendency to really uh, kind of go over the top, especially if they think you're not one of their own and come from the outside. So they wrote him pretty hard. The uh, press wrote him pretty hard, but he's a really good guy. He's got one more year to free agency. But yeah, you'll get to see him um, a bunch this year. But uh, I have, actually have a question for you in that sure. regard. So uh, we haven't traveled in a long time. We are coming straight from spring training on April 5th to Toronto. Opening day is not till the 8th. I have two full off days in Toronto on the sixth and the seventh. It's going to be cold. There's not a lot of concerts. I'm looking for things to do. I've never had, we never have multiple off days on the road. And I got a bunch coming in Toronto in the first week in April. Okay. What am I going to do? Here's what you do. Um, you meet Jay on right now for dinner. One of those Easy. days or lunch. Easy. Um, you go to the hockey hall of fame. <laughs> That's what Somebody called in MLB network radio. When I threw that out there and said that exact same thing. <laughs> You go to St. Lawrence Market. It's an indoor market. It's beautiful. You can pick up some meat to take home. Nice. Um, you can go to the CN Tower. You can go to Ripley's Aquarium. Uh, you can just walk around. It's one of the best restaurant-wise cities in North America. But you probably already know that. I and, love uh, the and trip. April one of my 5th, you, you could have a snowstorm or yeah. you could have like a 60-degree day. It's a crapshoot. So bring all types of clothing. Well, yeah, and we're limited on what we can carry these days. That was news I got yesterday, down to one suitcase for you broadcasters. So uh, that's going to be fun because it's in Arizona, Toronto, Texas. <laughs> you know, all the weather is really consistent. So that'll be, get that all in one suitcase. Oh, yeah, by the way, you need your suits for when you're on television. So, um, yeah, wish me luck. If you have see you a ring- got, Have you not that, got that down pat, though? You can just get away with one suit for the whole trip. No one really, no one. The, the Eric Karros one jacket rule. Uh, which is something that he taught me when we were at FS1. I believe he has had the same navy blue jacket for maybe 20 years. And he's right, because you can do anything with it. Um, you know, the, the, the wardrobe department at, at Fox kind of spoiled me a little bit. And so I've been trying to step up my game ever since I was there. They, they, they showed us the way. At least they showed me the way. I was clueless when I walked in there. So I try to take a little bit of pride. It's opening day, so you got to kind of dress nice for opening day. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough, man. I might have to go to that. Like you ever see those bags where you put attached a vacuum, make all your stuff really small yes. in your, in your, I think I'm going to have to do some of that this year. We will, they never work. We'll see. It always nah. loses air. 
<laughs> you get there just busted at the seams and your, your suitcase <laughs> flies open. How do you think people in Texas would react if I came back with some meat from Toronto? Well, are, you, are, they, are they open arms? Or good luck of bringing that meat back. <laughs> I was once uh, at an airport and I had to go uh, sign some paperwork for a dog that I was bringing across the border. And this is in Vancouver. And I'm standing at the, the border security section where they're going through all this luggage. This one guy was unpacking three suitcases full of raw chicken. He, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you don't even understand the stuff people bring. Oh, three large suitcases of raw chicken. So that could oh be you gosh. going back to Texas. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. And I will watch those shows. I like watching the ones uh, at the border or at the airport and people trying to smuggle. It's usually drugs would make the show. But every once in a while, they'll do the, the plant and meat division and watching what people are trying to bring in to the country. I will tell you this other kind of, uh, I think, I don't know, exhaling news is I heard that on April 1st in the U.S. that they are no longer requiring a COVID test on the way back in which to me seems like would be super scary. Now, obviously, you don't want to get COVID, but you worry about even a false positive because if, if you get a false positive or you get positive, you got to stay in Canada for two weeks. Ah, you can stay here. All right, you sure? What's the, yeah. base, what's the basement looking like? What's the air quality down there? Uh, the air quality is fine. Um, we keep hats in pristine condition. So if you <laughs> replace uh, humans with hats, then you're all good. I feel like I'd be sweating that test out, something fierce. Oh, so I know. It's by the way, what was it like calling games during the pandemic? So I am, I am a rare breed probably among broadcasters. Well, one, first of all, the, I, I get uh, PTSD when I look at the, um, the cardboard cutouts, that was awful. I hated that part. That was terrible. Um, we did a nice job in Texas mixing and sound in 2020. You know, last year we were the first Texas, uh, you know, you're familiar with the state. We were, we were sold out opening day. Um, and so we had full fans last year and you don't realize how much you miss them. Um, when they're gone, what a difference they actually make, even for a broadcaster and the feel for a game and calling a game was really, really uh, appreciated. Nice to have them back. But I am one of the rare guys that I liked not traveling and calling games remotely. I was okay with it. Nope. Not too many other guys do. I know my partner, Dave Raymond hates it, hated it. Um, but I got really used to calling games off the monitor and the best part. Uh, yes, it's fun to go to the cities, but some of the travel will wear you down over time. And for me, when I'm in Texas, you know, I live in Georgia. So when I'm in Texas, I'm staying in a hotel by the ballpark. Game's over and I'm in my room in 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing as opposed to wait for the team for an hour, then go to the airport, fly across the country, get into Seattle, you know, two o'clock in the morning, that kind of stuff. So I actually got very comfortable calling games remotely, um, but that's over with. We're back on the road. Let us behind the curtain. When you call a game from home, you aren't watching the same feed we have. You have, you must have several different monitors, do you? We do. So a couple of different things that they can do. They have what they call an all nine, which is essentially the high home camera where you can see the entire field. That one stays static. It doesn't change the entire time. Uh, then you have, you will have the game feed, which is what you see at home, which I think is important. And there's another aspect to that that I think actually made broadcast a little bit better. I know most people, again, will probably disagree. Uh, and then we had um, maybe a shot of the bullpen all the time. We might have a couple of different angles on one monitor split up in a couple of different ways. But it was monitor crazy for sure. I mean, you felt like you were in some kind of like crazy, awesome video game setup with monitors at different angles and a big 60-inch monitor with the game feed in front. But what it forced you to do, you know, as a broadcaster when you're at the game, and for me, I'm always looking around. Right. I just have one of these, you know, kind of brains that's built where I'm taking in a lot of things at once. And so I'm watching what's going on, maybe where the action isn't happening to pick up on something else that might happen or a camera might have missed. And then I'll ask them to get it on replay. But the idea of watching the game on the 
game feed, what you're watching at home, means I cannot miss anything that you see. Like think about how many times you might be watching a game, any game, and something happens and nobody comments on something you saw. And you're like, wait, wait did he not see that? What is the announcer doing? Like, mm-hmm. did he not see that ball trickle out of his glove? Did he not see that? I'll say something, embarrass myself, that the puck hit the goalpost. I don't know, whatever the hockey's language no, is, fine. right? Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I feel accepted. Um, and then you get frustrated that it never gets commented on. Well, when you're calling games off the monitor, you see all of it. You see everything that the viewer is seeing at home. And I think you end up not really missing anything that they see, which I think makes for a little bit of a better broadcast. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, CJ, uh, I don't think your your career ever intertwined with the man behind me, Garth Orge, did it? Uh, it did not. I think he's a yeah. little bit older than I am. Yeah, he didn't play against his brother either. Who is his brother? Dwayne? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Hey, it was Dwayne uh, in the big leagues? Yeah, I believe his brother Dwayne was the one who played for the Royals. All right, so Garth was done in or 1987. Dane, or Dane, Dane Orge, or it was Dana's son. I should look into his family tree. <laughs> uh, it's his brother. Uh, Garth yeah. was finished in 1987. I was in eighth grade. And uh, his brother <laughs> finished in 86. I was in, you guessed it, seventh grade. So, CJ, when did you become a pitcher? Because the majority of pitchers started another position. So at what age did you become a full-time pitcher? Uh, the ripe age of 16, when my high school coach realized you can't hit, it's not going to happen. Uh-huh. Uh, let's focus on your pitching. It's a more, it's a more common thing that you see now. We call it pitcher only. And you want to go, I, I tell parents all the time, like explore as many possible positions as a, for your child, as long as he possibly can, or he or she playing baseball. And, and then eventually the game will kind of tell you where you need to go. Uh, mm-hmm. The game told me pretty early. Um, <laughs> you, you can't hit. Uh, and so let's focus on pitching. And that, and that worked out just fine. However, when that happened, so I didn't hit in high school, didn't hit in college, uh, but then I have two big league hits. And so that is a real point of pride for me to actually have a hit in the major leagues, but none in college and none at the varsity level in high school. So much so that um, I had a ceremony, I don't know, 10 or so years ago, um, and they retired my number at my high school. My old coach wow. came back and I gave him the baseball of my first hit. And I said, I want to remind you, you know, this to remind you of maybe the greatest decision you ever made, that even though I got a hit in the big leagues, I really couldn't hit for you uh, in high school either. So um, it, it's, it's cool. You get to pretend you're a hitter uh, as a pitcher and, you know, no more pitchers hitting. Yeah. Are any pitchers actually upset that there's just a DH across the board now? Is a single pitcher mad that he can't hit now? Yeah, Zach Granke, I think, is a really good example. Madison Bumgarner, guys that can hit a little bit. Obviously, we but get did the they really like it? Did they actually oh, enjoy yeah. it? Or are they like, oh, now I can just concentrate on one thing? No, you love it. You love it because you get to pretend you're a big league player. Like okay. the thing that nobody sits in their backyard pretending that they're the pitcher on the team. You're always pretending you're the guy with the wiffle ball bat in your hand, batting third or fourth in the lineup, and you're hitting a home run. You're doing you're Joe Carter, right? In the World Series. That's what you practice. No one's like, oh, and here comes the, you know, you're pretending you're the pitcher. It never happens. That's not the dream. The dream is to hit and to be the man to bat flip and, and jog around the bases. Uh, incorrect. I always tried to throw a Dave Steve. Was it the slider or cutter or curve? The one that was like a 12, six, it would just drop off the table. That's what you tried to emulate as a kid in my time period. Really? In Canada you, to be Dave Steve. I don't know if I believe you. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> or Tom Hanke. Cause yeah. 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 I mean, listen, Quisenberry, like you talk that era guys that had really unique deliveries. Exactly. You know, Nomo for a long time, no doubt for kids. And we Japan. had Mark Icorn as our uh, side armor. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's fun. I get it. But you still come on. You still want to be the hitter. Yeah, of course. I get it. Uh, one last question. 
if you're the Baltimore Orioles, so I believe they're the lowest on the payroll spectrum, right? They're down there. There's a couple, but yeah, they're right there. When you're that team and you're the manager, you're like, you know what? This is great because we have nothing to lose. And is mm. that a scary team to meet? Because these guys really, they're like, we don't have to win a single game. Uh, we're not expected to do anything. Is that, have you ever been on a team oh. that is that far down on the payroll order? I don't know if we've been last, but I've been on bad teams for sure over the course of my career. Now, I would say there's a couple of different things. One is the manager. You realize you're not there to win. You're there to develop players. Right. Which, again, is not the dream when you want to become a manager at the big league level either. You want to be the World Series winning manager, but you take on that role. And then you hope that when the team is ready to win, that you're the guy. Because a lot of times you end up changing managers, too. You want to bring in a guy with a history of winning. And that's unfortunate because you put in a lot of work. You lose a lot of sleep. Uh, you, lo you lose a lot of hair in the process. I mean, these managers grind. It doesn't matter what the expectations are. I would say for the players, you go through phases when you know your team's not going to be competitive. You remain optimistic early on. Then when reality sets in a, a month or two into the season, you start thinking about, I got to have a good season for myself. And I think it's okay to think that way, right? To put up a, a good year to make sure you're back next year, maybe to get that raise, maybe to get traded uh, to a contender. I think all those things are important. And then there'll be times where you may be playing a team. I think in the case of the Baltimore Orioles, using a team like the Jays that, you know, say they're a couple of games away from clinching and you're getting near September. You don't want them doing that in Baltimore in front of your fans. And so you show a little bit of pride, no doubt. And you try to make sure it doesn't happen on your turf, but losses beat you down. And they absolutely bring out the worst in you. Uh, it's a challenge. And for teams like the Orioles, as you mentioned, lowest payroll in the game, uh, the Pirates are there. We see the Oakland A's trading all their good players. It gets discouraging and it can get discouraging really fast. Well, this there was nothing discouraging about this chat, CJ Nitkowski. You're one of uh, my favorites uh, from our time at Fox. We remain friends now. And uh, whenever people ask me, oh, who was great to work with at Fox? And I'm always like, everyone was. But I point to you. And I also Ephraim got to Ephraim. be Ephraim Ephraim Ephraim's appeared on this and I point to Eric Carroll's a man you brought up earlier. Oh. I'm just like, there's just something about the guy. And he was one of the, he and Don trail were the yeah. ones I was on TV with when the, the power went out of the world series. <laughs> we he case the best man. I, you know, Eric Carroll's he's, he's, really he's like a swagger. He's just a swagger about him. And he's got a, he's a great broadcaster too. I think he he's is. underutilized. I feel like uh, he should be front and center. And I know he had he's had a long broadcasting career, but uh, I learned a lot from him. And he's got a great sense of humor, and he's he's just tremendous. And Dontrell's the best too. Yeah, D train. Uh, okay, buddy, uh, have a great season. I can't wait to see you in Toronto. Absolutely, man. I can't wait. Uh, let's come up with something better than the Hockey Hall of Fame, though, please. Yeah, and how much is that per diem? I hope lunch is on you. Uh, yeah, I, I get the first, I get the first round of lunch. Oh, you want to eat? All <laughs> yeah. right, all right. That's fine. We'll do it. Okay. That's out. Can't wait to see CJ when he's in Toronto. Toronto's a big city, but if you're a tourist, it's like, do you go up the CN? Does he as a grown man go up the CN tower by himself? Cause if you get to the top of the CN tower, you're like, now what? Does he go to an aquarium by himself? Hockey Hall of Fame, yeah, that's fine. And he can go get his groceries at St. Lawrence Market. Aside from that, yeah, just walk around. I like to go into with no game plan to cities and see what happens. Uh, so thanks to CJ. Thanks to Ryan. No, Ryan, I screwed up your email. I already lost the, uh, that was the email of the week was from Brian Mills. And uh, producer Tim pointed out to me that... Uh, La Boom is an indie band out of Colorado, and La Boom is a nightclub in New York City. 
We aren't trademarking those. We'll just use them. So when in New York City, visit La Boom. Uh, good to see your faces. Literally, the mask mandate uh, has been dropped in Ontario. Going to stores yesterday, it was weird. I think we've all encountered people where you've seen them with a mask on for two years and you see them without one, you're like, Gah! You've got a face that was made for a mask. Other people, you're pleasantly surprised, but those are few and far between. So I might just, I might just stay home some more because I don't want to see those, those faces. And I need to be close to a bathroom. Uh, remember to, to be nice to people. If someone's wearing a mask, what's, what's it have to do with you? They're comfortable. Leave them alone. Just let everyone live their life and make sure you hug someone. I mentioned that last week. That's important. Get We got to bring hugs back. 2022. It's the year of the hugs. So if you see people hugging now, you're going to be like, see, boomsies. Starting another trend. We appreciate you. YouTube. Spotify iTunes, Discord. I, can you listen on Discord? I don't know. Wherever you listen, you know what to do. We thank you for your support. And we'll see you next week. North Coast Band, to play us out. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies.